1: This is
2: Hardwood Handicappers, Veasan's premier NBA betting podcast. Here are your
0: hosts, Jonathan Von Tobel and Kelly Bidlin. All
2: right, folks, what's up? Welcome in. It is the late week edition of Hardwood Handicappers. Uh, I feel like it's been a minute since we have done one with Kelly Bidlin scheduling and holidays and whatnot. Gets a little frantic, but Kelly is in in his yeah. usual slot. What's up, buddy?
3: Not much, man. Yeah, it has. It has been a minute. We've done a. Let's see, we've done a numbers game show before the last time we've done one of these podcasts together. <laughs> um, it's uh, Yeah, I was sick for a little bit, gone for a little bit. We had some scheduling issues, but we're back, baby. Let's go.
2: You persevere. You persevere through all of it. So uh, we we do have quite a few topics to get to. I, this is going to be a fun episode because uh, we do get a maybe an insight into what the media is thinking for some of the awards. We'll expand on some of the topics we hit on in the early week episode, but we start every episode as we usually do with a look around the headlines of the NBA, and there are two pretty big ones.
0: Hardwood Headlines.
2: First one, we will go to, hmm. All right, we'll go to the bigger-ish one first because it's a more popular team and the better team. Uh, the Boston Celtics. So it does look like Jalen Brown is going to be sidelined for a little bit here, Kelly. Uh, Adductor strain is the official injury. Joe Mazzula told the media before Thursday's game. We're recording this on Thursday night, by the way. Uh, they're currently on the floor with the Brooklyn Nets. In a game that I bet under the total and already has 73 points with nine minutes left to go in the second, so uh, maybe this thing will slow down. Uh, I got a good closing line value. I, I, I bet under 228. I think it closed 224 and a half. So, hey man, I was all over it at least. There for me, you go.
3: Uh, you got that CLV ticket for the store. There you that's go. right.
2: Um, by the way, on that, I, I always get sidetracked. I thought I was going to get burned. I we yesterday the Bucks. I laid two and a half. Oh, me too. Right, bro. and I do this yep. NBA live stream, so I'm really focused on this Bulls Wizards game. and, <laughs> You know, I get home, and I'm, like, settling down. I'm like, all right, let's turn on the games. And it's a one-point game. And I'm like, dude, come on. Are they I really? Know. Also, Ultimately, they got there. But I was like, bro, are we really doing this right now? It was, I love like, this league.
3: It was three quarters of a cruise job. They were yep. up 24 or something in the third quarter. I actually got – I was in on that uh, Bulls game, too. So, that was – pretty. that one did not go my way. The 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 Bucks did go my way.
2: Luckily. So, I had a weird – so, how about this? So, I had a weird thought of – so, first off, I wanted to bet the game because it was part of the live stream but I wanted it to be something while I was there. So I bet Bulls first half uh in okay. that game thinking that um part of the reasoning too was it does not give a coach and this is one an angle I I just want to like write down and track. It's just yeah, like an I arbitrary could, I weird. I can't even
3: thing. remember. That got home easy, right? Yes
2: it did. Yeah. They, okay. they at the end of the second quarter they kind of ran away with it. I think they led by 13 at halftime. By the way, blowing right. blowing that game was ridiculous for that team. Yeah. Um but I wanted to, it was essentially that the Wizards because they were so beat up the first half was probably going to be a slog because you don't know what you're doing from a game plan standpoint. And once you see how things are working, second half, they might be able to get back into that game if they're not train or if they're not leading at halftime. And it was weird because that's exactly what happened. Like the Bulls looked like they were gonna run away with it. They get to halftime and the wizards adjust. Monty Morris looks a lot better in the second half and they end up losing that game. So
3: but it was well, this- an, an
2: interesting contest.
3: I, I guess I didn't dig into this box score, and I know we're getting a little off topic. Sorry, I, I didn't dig into this box score yesterday. I didn't realize that they scored a total. The Bulls scored a total of thirty-eight points in the second half. Yeah. And I also didn't realize that Denny Avdia had twenty rebounds.
2: Yeah. <laughs> was it was incredible. Like, did
3: <laughs> Denny Avdia have twenty rebounds? How
2: many? How many points did Taj Gibson end up with?
3: Oh man, he beasted in the first half, although we yeah. pulled up right here. Taj the first Gibson. half was
2: so weird. They were like yeah, running he, sets he finished for him. With
3: nine. You, but, okay, yeah, right. so, I think I saw every one of those points then.
2: Right. So in the first half, they were, like, running sets for Taj Gibson. He's, like, showing the post. It was weird. It was a weird game. Um, How but did anyway. I
3: miss this box score? 20 rebounds for Denny Obdi. It's incredible. It's fun. It was, it was.
2: Um,
3: anyway, Celtics.
2: So we brought this up. We did, We like the leak, So, we, you know, we're going to sidetrack a little bit here and there. So yeah. Jalen Brown, uh, this is the quote from Joe Missoula. I anticipated it being the absence, uh, being pretty short. Probably a week or two. So that is courtesy of Joe Missoula. So we'll see uh, how long that is in terms of Jalen Brown. I would assume that, you know, especially with these leagues or these teams the way they are, probably closer to two weeks just because they tend to be pretty cautious with some of these injuries. Uh, More from Missoula, too, by the way, in terms of the timeline. He said he wasn't sure. Says that he knows Brown tried to give it a go today, as in Thursday, wasn't able to do it. We'll know more in the next couple of days and see how he responds. So, an absence nonetheless for Jalen Brown, whether it's a week, whether it's two. So, I don't know if I wanted to get into like, I'm not sure how impactful this loss is for them from an absence standpoint, right? Like, they're a pretty deep team. They still have Jalen, excuse me, they still have Jason Tatum. Uh, Marcus Smart's been pretty dinged up. So, you know, maybe this does affect them. But I wanted to expand on Boston from a big picture standpoint, Kelly. Because really quietly, you know, the Celtics have become mortal again over the last month. And I go back to it was a game that you and I were head to head on. I uh, and it was a no sweater. Remember that game in Phoenix? They go out there to the Suns and they just paced Phoenix oh, yeah. like ju- I was about to curse. Just like brutalize, bludgeon the Phoenix Suns, and bludgeoned. it was no contest. Good. Yep, it was good. But yeah. And ever since then, this team is playing 500 basketball. I think they're 9-7 and in their last 16 games. They've only covered five of those games. They've been really, really average from an offensive standpoint, only outscoring opponents by 1.8 points per 100 possessions in non-garbage time. What have you made of Boston over the last month? Have you kept track of it at all over the last month?
3: No, no, I've I, no, I've watched them a lot because I have bet on them and bet against them at different times. You know, bet against them. I'm just pulling up their schedule, pulled up their schedule right now. Bet bet against them when they were at Denver. I bet Milwaukee when they yep. hosted them. I remember. Oh, you and I um, both
2: were on them in that, that Mavericks game like what a week or two ago,
3: right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was yeah, last week. Yeah, exactly a week ago. Yep. That one we were on. That's right. Um, I played one of those Orlando, the first Orlando game they lost when they that weekend. I played, they the, second. I played the second. I played yeah. the second. You played the second. There you go. Um so yeah, I've definitely been keeping track of it. I it is uh it's interesting because I think you've got I, I think there's I think it's just more of an Eastern conference overview right now, where okay. There's, there's, to me, there's two teams at the top. I think a lot of people would include three teams. You might even include four teams at the top, uh, with the Sixers. But you have every one of those teams, outside of Philly. You know, Philly, I guess, be be just coming back into uh, into the picture here. But you got every one of those teams dealing with a pretty significant injury right now, um, and it's going to be interesting. It's interesting to me, I guess, to see how all of these teams react to that. But specifically with Boston, it is. I, I mean. The team's great. You got a lot of great depth. I think about that way with Milwaukee too, but I, I don't think it's I think it's gonna I think it's gonna hurt you big time. You know, statement of the year here. It's gonna hurt you big time when one of your stars players is out of the lineup. But the question is, do they have enough consistent scoring around him to make up for it and be okay going forward? That's gonna be the big question. I'm just looking at this schedule coming up though. If there was a time for him to miss miss any time, this does look like the yeah. schedule here, right? You got Brooklyn tonight. You got two games uh, against Charlotte. It's Golden State at home, at Toronto, at Orlando. I mean, that right there is – I mean, you're talking about five pretty, pretty cake games uh, for what those teams have been so far. And then, you know, throw Miami, New York in the mix. But it's just – it seems like if there's a time for him to miss a week or maybe two, this is not a bad time for him to miss it. And they could be, they could escape uh, being okay. But, um, you know, your question about Boston overall, look, they started off really hot. Did I expect, did I expect them to be the one of the best teams in the East this year and possibly win it again? Yeah. But, I don't know if I expected them to continue to perform at that high of a level all season, right? I see this more of them as kind of regressing to what I thought they were going to be this year.
2: Yeah, and the thing that I guess, I wouldn't say worries me about Boston, right? But if you're pointing at something that you've seen over this last month and you're going, it's, or what you've seen from this downturn, right? You're like, ah, oh, you're not, That's not really good. If you look at the first, so before this slump that they were in, one of the things that really stuck out about Boston, and it was one of those where I was like, it was. Uh, have you ever seen the meme? What is it? It's oh, it's 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 Chris Pratt from Parks and Rec, and mm-hmm. he's like. And the meme essentially is like, you know, I, I I don't know what that does, and like for all of my life, and I, and I'm too afraid to ask at this point.
3: Right? <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 I know. What you're <laughs> it was something about, simple.
2: Yeah. So it, through the first few months, because everybody loved Boston so much, I kept looking around and looking at this team that was shooting forty point eight percent from three. And right. having multiple guys having career shooting days, and I felt like Chris Pratt. there was like, you know, like they're shooting almost way too well, and I'm almost afraid to ask everybody if that's sustainable because, like, it's it doesn't not. seem, and it doesn't seem to be. And sure enough, over this month that I'm talking about these 16 games, think about this: they have gone from 40.8% before going into that game against Phoenix, 488 40.8%, 40.8% from three, to 32% from three over the last month. Like, that is a massive, obviously, difference for this team. The three-point shots aren't falling.
3: 32% was over the past month, just that period? Okay.
2: Yeah. So the last 16 games, essentially, they're shooting 32% from three, and they've only covered five games, and they've looked much more mortal. So it has tied in with their three-point shooting. They're obviously somewhere in between, but they are a team that is way reliant on their three-point shooting, and there's not, like, a ton of shot creation. Like, all I'm saying is, you know what they're starting to look like? they're starting to look like the team that lost the NBA finals, right? Super good defensively, but like there's offensive possessions in games where you're watching and you're like, all right, like you're turning the ball over. The three point shots aren't falling. Like you got to find something else.
3: Yeah, it is. Uh, that's a, that's a very interesting point. I think you're right. Um, look, I think the three point shooting is, is definitely somewhere in between and they're definitely closer to 40 than they're going to be to 32 uh, as the season goes on. But yeah, that is a big deal. I think one of the other things that you know I've kind of kept my eye on a little bit JVT, and I don't like I don't want to make a big deal out of it because it's still very early. Make a big but deal. Robert Williams, he's been he's been okay. You know what I mean? He's he's been good. I'm sure they're happy to have him back in the lineup, but like. You just go through and I'm just looking at a box score right now, but I kind of picked up on this watching him the past few games. He's not playing heavy minutes yet. I think, I think hmm. it is all still just injury related still, but it, it's, it's not a ton getting done out there. You know what I mean? You're not seeing, yeah, you know, a lot of huge rebound and block games, anything like that. And, and, Look, I think that's something I'm not really concerned about it right now, but I think that's something you got to keep your eye on. I I'm, I think everybody would assume he's going to bounce back to the guy that we know him as, but you never know that for sure, you know what yep. I mean? So I think it's something that's at least worth keeping an eye on here over the next month or so.
2: Yep. And uh, some other some more numbers too, by the way. Uh, the first start of the year, you know, up until December 9th, Boston led the league in offensive rating. Uh, Also led the league in offensive rating in half-court possessions, 108.4 points per 100 plays in the half-court according to Cleaning the Glass over the last 16 games. That's down a full 10 points, 98.6 now, uh, which is 13th in the NBA over that stretch. So pretty much just average uh, for Boston. So uh, again, it's a month stretch. 16 games is, it seems like a lot. It's a lot, but it's also not. So, you know, just worth pointing out. Also just wanted to build on it because of the Jalen Brown news. So.
3: I don't think the other thing about it, about it, JVT, though, is is the I kind of think teams like Boston, like Milwaukee um, and look, even maybe even Brooklyn here. Right. You you do need these guys. I don't mind some of these stars missing time when it when it then forces more pressure on your role players. Right. Yeah. I think it's not easy, but it's easy to be a role player. In the in these you know, on these superpower NBA teams, when when you know all you got to do is go out there and play some defense and then spot up for a wide open three, right? It's a lot different when a Jalen Brown a Kevin Durant is not out there drawing as much to, uh, attention away from defenders, and you're you're required to not only hit far more contested shots, but to be playmakers yourself, right? Getting trying to drive, get to the rim and kick you know kicking around or, or whatever, but it requires a lot more effort. Effort uh, and discipline, I think, out of those kinds of players and the coaches.
2: Yep. It's also, I mean, I think the most obvious thing here we should note is, again, over the last 16 games, they've covered five. Um, the market has refused to budge on the rating of Boston as well. So it's it's very much, like I, and I wrote about this the other day, they played Chicago three times in their first, uh, like in that big spurt, right, that I'm talking about from, you know, whatever it was, October 19th, beginning of the season to December 9th. Yeah. And in the three games, they closed – as six, six, and five-and-a-half-point favorites against Chicago. Chicago covered all three of those games. Then they played Chicago the other night. They closed as nine, nine-and-a-half-point favorites. Like, the market does not want to really budge on yeah. Boston in terms of the way that it's pricing them. Even look today. Again, it's early. They're down right now. I think they closed. Did they not close as road favorites here tonight uh, against the, the Brooklyn it was right, Nets?
3: It was right around a pick them after Jalen Brown got rolled out.
2: Okay. I mean, I think, still. I, I
3: think I saw ones on either side pretty much.
2: So I got, yeah, consensus closed one essentially. So still, again, home court, not worth that much. It's kind of diminishing, but just worth pointing out that the market's been pretty stubborn with uh, the rating of Boston here over the last month. So we will see if they start to play that thing out. Um, anything else to add on there before moving to the next headline? No. Okay. Next headline, a sad one for me. As somebody who is holding a Tyrese Halliburton 12-1 to most improved ticket uh, the news is upsetting that uh, he is out at least two weeks. Dude, it sounds like he got, like, jumped. Have you, like, li- heard this list of injuries? So no. He, he was diagnosed. I'm like, I was just
3: watching him the other night, too. Like, yep. Really...
2: He was diagnosed with a left elbow sprain and a mild left knee bone contusion. So, like, he's got, like, multiple things going on. It's like, he's stay off be...
3: your dirt bike, Tyrese. Like, what are you right. doing? <laughs> it seems like
2: or he played the Knicks. Like, an old school New York Knicks basketball. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. He's going to be reevaluated. That's the key word, reevaluated. He's not coming back in two weeks. He's going to be reevaluated in two weeks. That's always the dangerous sign. Um, but he suffered the uh, the injury, the main one. I think it was the knee, the elbow strain, excuse me, uh, in Wednesday nights. Lost, fell awkwardly. He was seen using crutches as well when he left Madison Square Garden. So he's beat up. So I wanted to take hit this on two different levels. The first of which is the selfish part of me. I think I'm cooked with my Tyrese Halliburton most improved ticket. One, and we're going to get to this more later because of the media thing that we saw a couple of days mm-hmm. ago from Mark Medina on NBA.com. And two, like because the race is so tight, missed time like this, actually most improved doesn't really have like a parameters, right, for in terms of games played. But this actually might hurt him when you have two other legitimate candidates in Shea Gilders, Alexander, and Larry Markinen.
3: Yeah, I'm going to go back here to uh, – look, as far as what it means to that team and what they've I, – I mean – they have been probably the most impressive team to me so far in the NBA as I'm saying this out i and trying to think if I'm missing Dude, it. They're one
2: win away from clinching the over on their win total. Yeah,
3: yeah, Like they, I kind of think they have to be the most impressive team to you so far this NBA season. So, I mean, all we were talking about all offseason is when, not if they were going to trade away pieces, when were they going to trade yep. away pieces, right? Um, so the start's been pretty incredible, and it has... So much to do with Tyrese Halliburton, it's not even funny, right? As far as guys that that, that are, are are involved in so much of what they do, um that is a big, big deal. I think with this most improved player race, though, if I'm gonna spin it head to that awards market, I know we're gonna talk about that stuff here in a little bit. I do think Mew and I, the last time we talked, we did go we did go through a lot of these awards markets and where we felt. Uh, you know, was there any bets to be made or anything like that? One of the things I told you was I was waiting on SGA that price to come down and or, and or, because a lot of times they are correlated, the the, the season just to start to shorten, right? Because you would, ideally you want to make these kind of bets with as little time left in the season if you think they're going to win. So these kind of things don't happen, right? You can escape possible games where injuries occur like this. Um. I'm going to go back to it. If SGA, if SGA finishes, I mean, averaging over 30 points per game, I just think he is the ideal fit for what this award is. Um, look, Lowry marketing has been incredible. They're I, watching a jazz game. It's, it is still incredible to watch him play every single night. Cause I'm like, where has this guy been? We all kind of thought we might see glimpses of this coming out of college kind to me kind of disappointed in the beginning of his NBA career. And now he's out there playing like a superstar. I, you know, tip of the cap to him, but I just don't think you're going to be able to match I mean, marketing right now. I, uh, you know, big averages on the year, 24 and a half points, eight and a half rebounds. But I mean, SGA, you're over 30 points per game. I'm I, JVT. I'm getting to the point where I'm, I'm getting close to pulling the trigger on that price. Yep. Minus Minus one twenty-five is what I saw yesterday. I believe I'm okay playing. You know, if it's minus 110, minus 115, that's something I'm going to be looking to, looking to bet.
2: Yeah, you need to, you're a Larry Marketing fan at this point right now. So that could, that price can get a little bit more watered down.
3: Well, uh, and the, and that's, it, yep. that's where people were tweeting at me like, oh, like this Larry Marketing thing's kind of backfiring in your face. And I'm like, well, sort of. You could look at right. it that way, or I could look at it like I'm getting a better price quicker on SGA.
2: Uh, by the way, Shagos Alexander is doing this again as we record on Thursday night. 17 points at halftime against Philadelphia. 6-9 and nine shooting from the floor, 4-4 four four from the free throw line. Um, and, th- and
3: you know th- this team well, JVT. Like, this is, that's all they're going to do offensively. Like, it, they don't have many other go-to options on offense. And it's, the game plan every, the game plan every game is roll the ball out, SGA, do what you can.
2: That's a perfect jumping off point. We're going to take our break. On the other side, I'm going to convince Kelly of one of the uh, potential wagers that I brought up uh, earlier in the week when I was hanging out here by myself, which is the Oklahoma City Thunder buyers at the
0: trade deadline. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here are three reasons Zinn is America's number one nicotine pouch. We use food-grade ingredients. We have a wide selection of varieties. And they all come in two strengths. Find Zinn at a store near you. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical.
2: All right, we're back. So Kelly's intrigued. Kelly was Kelly was shocked when I threw that out there as a tease, a potential tease. So the trade deadline's coming up. So one of the things that I hit on on the uh, the early week episode, Kelly was just like keeping track of everything. And one of the topics. So I wanted to hit a base topic first before we get to Oklahoma City, as, as I throw out a potential wager. There, it's a long shot. It's not okay. anything crazy. So you'll okay. you'll I think you'll like it.
3: Hey, um, I got I've got magic long shot, long shot tickets. Okay, so I'm yeah. I'm all about it's, it.
2: And it's nowhere near that. So um, <laughs> uh, so first off, so I, I was kind of talking about this as I was like in my room all by myself chatting into the microphone alone, which was one of the funniest things that I enjoy or one of the things that I really enjoy around trade deadline is when I do all the hits on v and everybody's like, are you going to bet this team now? Are you going to bet this team now? Are you going to bet this team now? And it's And my answer, it's funny. I don't think people like it. My answer is always the same. No, nah, not really, because everything's been adjusted, right? Like, there's no point in doing that. Everything has been adjusted, and it's very unlikely that, you know, Team X, who acquired player A, has not been adjusted enough to the point where it's worth playing. So you want oh, to kind yeah. of get ahead of these, right? You have
3: to get in front of the news. I Correct. mean, you, you
1: have to.
2: So a month out, kind of sifting through some reports and reading some things and doing this. And so I think this is the time where us as betters are really trying to get into the futures market before the trade deadline before the adjustments are made. And it sounds like you would agree with that, right? Like that was my base topic, which was, you got to get this now, not after the trades happen.
3: Right. Yep. Yep. Correct. I I mean, I think there is, there are, there are exceptions to that, but it's, it's few for, for me, at least if I'm betting awards, futures of any kind, there are very few exceptions that I want to beat the, I want to beat the book to the adjustment. I want to get a much better price than what, what's going to be thrown out there afterward.
2: So with that, when I talk about the buyer at the trade deadline deal. So Oklahoma City, um, after they lost to Miami, they're about like two games out of the 10th seed in the Western Conference. You mentioned, we've talked about Shea Gavage Alexander. You have a 30-point-per-game scorer who, based on the timeline of your team, is probably like he's not outside of your window, right? But he is a little older for the team that you're kind of building at this point right now, right? Chet Holmgren's about what, 19, going to be 20. Shea Gilgis-Alexander's 24, going on 25. Um, I think when I don't know when his birthday is, I'll double check it. And that, and that not saying that's old, but for a team like the Oklahoma City Thunder, whose main core is a bunch of 20, 21-year-olds, um, maybe, just maybe, because you're floating around that play-in spot, instead of actually looking to tank. Do you dip into the many assets that you have? And it wouldn't be a lot, right? You wouldn't have to go super cheap. And I don't even know who they would specifically get. I'm just saying is, do you ship off one of these fringe first-round picks or something to go get a piece to help Shea Gilgis Alexander out? A center, right? Like, stop starting Mike Muscala at center. Go get a guy who can actually help you, right? Go get a dude who can grab a rebound. Go get somebody who makes your team better in a Western Conference in which you're a a game-and-a-half game out of the 10th seed and just get to the play-in, right? It's not even about getting to the playoffs. Just get them meaningful basketball with some leverage to get those minutes out there and actually do something with this team.
3: This is a, I like it. It's an interesting take. So you're talking, you're a game and a half out of that play-in spot right now. And if you look at what the current standings are in the West, right? You got the Suns seven, uh, seven seed, Warriors eight seed. I. I don't know how you feel like I guess about Phoenix, but I but I, I think both those teams will still be in that area right around the right. end of the season. I think um, the Jazz would not be surprised if they fell out. Uh, but I mean, they're another team like, well, I, I guess I still expect them to to sell off some of their pieces, JVT. But I, mm-hmm. I guess I don't know. Um Timberwolves, I mean, geez, have just been a disaster this whole season, and it it's kind of hard to see them getting much better. So, okay, you're talking about OKC in the same conversation, basically, with the Lakers and the Blazers right on the outside looking in. Um, I hear the case you're making. I'm looking at strength of schedule stuff, and I see they have the third easiest remaining in the NBA. Um, I think that is uh, obviously a big deal. Um I'm picking up what you're putting down. I There's just this one thought that keeps creeping in the back of my head, JVT. It's the, you never, if you're, if you're OKC, okay, you probably never thought this was going to be your year anyways. What's really the ceiling that you can hit this year, even if you bring in pieces? And then are you going to take yourself out of the possible Victor Webin-Yama uh, lottery situation, right? Or or Scoot Anderson, too. I mean,
2: they kind of already have. I mean, they, they have 18 wins right now, right? You're talking about four other teams. Detroit has 12. Charlotte has 11. San Antonio's got 13. Houston's got 10. You're not sniffing. You're not sniffing women. Out. You're not surpassing those teams, right? You're not getting into the top three. And here, But here's the sweet in the pot, right? Because I haven't told you the wager yet. Okay. 10 to 1 to participate in the West playing. You, you don't have to win anything. You don't Ooh. have to do anything. You don't have to make it to the playoffs. All you have to do is finish 10th, 9th, 6th, or 8th or 7th. You got who's
3: who's offering
2: odds on that? DraftKings. Interesting. To participate in the West play in Oklahoma City is 10 to 1. That's what I'm talking about, right? So it's not make the playoffs. It's not win a play in game. It's nothing like that. It's literally just get there. That's all it is.
3: Man, okay, it's it's tough. See? Because this is one of those now it becomes more enticing. Okay, so so okay, let's go back. Let's go back to your opening your opening scenario. If they make a move to improve the team almost at all, it's a bet on. But you got it. I guess to me that's a, and I know this this sounds easier. This it's easier said than done. And I guess for a lot of people out there listening, depending on how big of NBA nuts and betters you are, uh, it might be a lot harder than what I'm talking about. But to me, that's a move. Absolutely a bet on, but I've got to know they're adding something, right? Yeah. So it, it's I got to hear at least rumors, at least rumors that they're that they're shopping around for pieces. Um, but it might even just take that JVT. If I mean, if I hear rumors, it might be yeah, hammer the ten, uh, bet the ten to one.
2: Because and because here's the other thing, Kelly. Because at some point, and this is now, this is just like like conjecture, I think on my part, right? Which is, at some point, you've got to instill something in this team in terms of trying to win games for a greater goal, right? Like yeah, you said, you, you said, like you said, well, we didn't expect this to be our year. Okay. Well, what year is it? Because Shea Gilders Alexander is going to be twenty, uh, going to be 25 going on 26 next year. Right? Like, again, you talk about the window and the young guys that you have, like at some point in Lou Dort, not old, but he's, you know, again, when you talk about the base core of this team, there's a bunch of dudes who are in like the first year of their twenties. Like, At what point do you try to turn this? And Dagonal's an awesome coach. He is a great coach. And he has got this team playing really well, both offensively and defensively. Again, you're not shipping off the farm. You've got a ton of assets. I'm just talking about shipping off a cheap one on the fringe to go get a dude that'll help you make a push to play just some high leverage basketball games that gives your team a taste of win or go home or there's something on the line here. You know what I mean? Like just something Mm -hmm. little like that that would give them just that first step toward, okay, like you're building something. At some point, you got to start laying the bricks. You know what yeah. I mean?
3: No, no, I no, I hear you. I guess I'm just, I. I all I'm saying is I'm obsessed with the potential of this team down yeah. the line, but mainly because I'm obsessed with the potential of, hey, we're good, we're skilled, and nobody on the face of the earth is going to be able to, to match the length that we're going to put out on the court night in and night out. Now, obviously, I'm talking about uh, probably a season from now when Chet Holmgren's back in action, right? But you're talking they—they they have the—I mean—they're starting backcourt, right? <laughs> right? Is yep. what, what are we talking six six and six eight? Like it's ridiculous. Um, so you get Chet Holmgren in the mix there, like this this becomes a a very very fun, interesting, tough tough matchup, I think, for teams to shift to on a night to night basis. So that's all I'm saying. I I, yeah. I I think there's that, but from the bet that you picked out. Absolutely. If I start picking up any rumors that they, that that's a they might be looking to make a move to improve the roster, I'm with you, man. That's a bet.
2: All right, I like it. See, all right, it wasn't crazy. It wasn't crazy.
3: No, no, no. There's a very rational bet. Yeah. All right. I, like I mean, it. Look, I mean, look, this entire Western Conference. I mean, we could spend we could spend forever talking about this, but I mean, the amount of teams you trust. I mean, it is few and far between from teams that I trust in this Western Conference to even finish in that. Let's say the top five, the top four in the Western Conference. I I, I wouldn't be shocked at all if we continue to see massive movement up this uh, with the standings from here to the end of the season.
2: So the and the last note is because I do want to get obviously this uh, midseason media report that Mark Medina posted. The other thing I wanted to hit you with was, again, kind of getting ahead of the market. Right. So that was one of them, which was. Hey, do you bet the Thunder at 10 to 1 to participate in the West play in, in hopes? And there was one Bleacher Report article that I did read that, you know, threw them out, but that was more of a, like, that was more guesswork than anything else. Like, hey, this team could be a buyer. Um, but the thought is out there. Uh, so the other thing that, again, talking about getting ahead of it, the Toronto Raptors are an interesting team because Toronto is now being thrown about as a team that could potentially sell to a certain extent. Yeah. Uh, and, and not like fire sale because I, I think it's already been reported that that's not going to be the case. However, Fred VanVleet, Gary Trent Jr, those are two names that have already been thrown out there that are potential pieces to kind of sell off that's end, that's are starting backcourt and their depth is not great. Like when you look at it from that perspective, you're talking about like under on un- a adjusted win total potentially for Toronto, laying mm-hmm. underneath $2 on them to miss the playoffs. Those were two plays too that I thought were that that I circled in terms of again getting ahead of the trade deadline and what that could be.
3: Yeah, it's funny. So I, I mean, obviously you're doing the same thing, but I always got kind of an NBA bets thing of hey, keep an eye, you know, keep an eye out on this, and I'll, I'll usually mark a mark a date to circle back and keep, you know, and reassess. But that's one I've had written down too. Yeah, I, I think that this, I think they're going to end up being sellers. Um, and yes, hitting all those bets that you just talked about is the way to go. Um, the one, the one, you know, from a non-betting standpoint is. I don't even know, so I'm just gonna ask you. Like, how did the whole Kevin Durant thing end up playing out? Like, did Toronto and the and Brooklyn actually talk? Because that was the one where I was, I went back and forth on whether they they should try to pull a trigger pull the trigger on a trade involving involving Scotty Barnes at all. But this is. Man, it, it's it, it's starting to feel like that was a major, major miss by them if they had an opportunity to go get him.
2: Absolutely. I mean, I guess you balk. I guess you understand. I understand balking at wanting to get rid of Pascal Siakam, especially when you look at I get, like the way I would understand it is, I can understand not wanting to do that, and especially now because look at the pieces they would be. I guess stuck with. It sounds negative, but it would be probably OG and Gary Trent Jr., Van Fleet. I mean, maybe Scotty Barnes, but like Scotty Barnes has not been playing that well actually this year at all.
3: No, He's I know, been- but and, and that's my point. Remember, all the rumors were based around they wanted a package based around him because they wanted the they wanted that that's a good point, yeah. rookie of the year type talent in exchange yeah. at a young you know at a young age, right? For if you were going to even talk about a player of Kevin Durant status,
2: like you could be and looking then- back and they have crap, not crappy, but they have subpar Scotty Barnes. And you have Kevin Durant and Pascal Siakam or whatever else.
3: Exactly. It it just seems like, wow, that was like, if that was a Toronto thanks, but no thanks, like, man, you you missed on that one.
2: Yep. All right. So let's go to uh, the NBA midseason media survey. So I hit on this uh, on a couple of points uh, on the early week episode, but I want to throw some things at you and get your thoughts on them overall. So first off, your general thought on the piece, again, to refresh people who are wondering. So uh, Mark Medina. Took, it was not a straw poll like Tim Bontemps. Bontemps actually sets up like a fake uh, MVP vote and, and has these guys get ranked and votes, you know, has voters rank them one through five and all that stuff. So it's an actual thing. Um, for this one, a select group of NBA beat reporters uh, is how it was phrased. So we don't know how many that is, whatever it is. Uh, well, we I get it was in one that,
3: from each team.
2: Yeah, beat reporters expect uh, two major storylines. So it might be. Uh, let's see. I thought Thursday, it was one 30, Yeah, the- you're right. 30 beat reporters. You're right. So
3: yeah, 30 and beat two, and two, including two in L.A., two in
2: New York. Yep. So not the biggest sample size, a much smaller sample size than um, Tim Bontemps and what he does for the MVP poll. And we also don't know, to, for people who are wondering, uh, Bontemps gets voters and non-voters in that poll. So yeah. it, it's not an exact science, but it gives you a pretty good idea. So we don't know what's going on here, but they're given these 30 uh, beat writers a question to answer. And the things that stick out were everything for the awards. So, Kelly, I will ask you, as you kind of looked at this from MVP, Rookie of the Year, defense player, all of that, what stuck out the most to you when it came to the feedback on this?
3: Oh, man. Okay, so let's start. Uh, I mean, okay, I, I, I think that almost all of these were interesting to me. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't have them. Except for the Rookie of the Year. In front of me. but Except for Rookie of the Year. But the uh, if you have the percentages in front I've got of me, whatever, me. What whatever, you the, whatever the Nikola Jokic – percentage was because he was right up there with Luka, right? So who is on track
2: to win the MVP award this season? Luka Doncic with 43%. Nikola Jokic had
3: 40%. Okay. So we talk about one of the things we talk about, no matter what freaking sport it is, we talk about this voter fatigue crap over and over and over again, right? We're talking about beat writers from every NBA team uh, in the, in the league. And you're still get 40% or vote, voting Nikola Jokic MVP again. I don't think I think we need to start taking that narrative and dialing it down a little bit as far as voter fatigue stuff because that is, yeah. I look in in I'm saying that in the way I'm saying it because I myself have kind of bought into that this year where I think there's such a talented group of players that can all make an argument for it that I I did kind of expect Jokic to maybe get shoved in the background a little bit after him winning that award two years in a row, um, but that I. I love I love seeing that for uh from the writers because it's okay. This is something that maybe we don't need to we shouldn't be building up as much as we have.
2: Yep. No, I I would agree. And I you know I've said this before. I think I've said it to you. I, I think it's dumb, right? Because again, if he's good enough to win MVP, like you being tired of voting for him should not hold that back, right? Like right. That is that is a really dumb concept. And I think it also shows. Again, it's a small sample size, but it does show that these writers. Um, are smarter than we think they are, I guess, to a certain extent, right? Like they're willing to, hey, he's the best player. He deserves it. And there's, I do, watching him play, I don't see how you don't think that. Um, That's the other part about it, right? Stats, eye test, everything.
3: So to skip ahead, though, a little bit, because I want to season something you just said. And, you know, these voters being, being as smart as we think they are. Oh, I okay, sk- skip rookie of the year, right? Yeah. Whatever. That makes sense.
2: 97% were for ballot, whatever it was. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I want to go then to defensive player of the year, right? Where okay. you've got Brooke Lopez, 37%, John Jackson Jr., 27%. And your man, Jared Allen, 10% coming in here. Yes. Uh, as the third the third uh, favorite there uh, amongst the voters. I guess this one to me is, this is how I explained it when we we talked about this on Numbers Game. I told Gil, I was like, this is the one to me that says this is the the perfect example of the books are still ahead. The odds makers are usually still ahead of the NBA talking heads out there. And I think this is one of those that if you... If you asked all these people the same question in two weeks, I wouldn't be shocked at all if you flipped Jaron Jackson Jr. and Brooke Lopez's percentages here. I just don't think that the, the impact Jaron Jackson Jr. has made yet has fully sunk in on them. Here, here's the thing I think it has.
2: I think they all just realize you can't win it if you're not averaging 30 minutes a game. Okay. Right? Like, I think that and, is and like. you've that...
3: brought that up over and over again. You've brought that up, and it's a fair point. It's a fair point.
2: I, like, I wonder how, I wish you could get their reasoning too, right? But I, I think that is part of it. Like, it, again, like I, I've said this stat one more time for anybody who didn't hear it. Since the inception of the award, only two guys have won it since, you know, uh, since that, are, that have averaged under 30 minutes per game. Last guy to do it was the, I think it was 90 and 89, 90. I think it was Rodman, the last one to do it. Um, regardless, like that's, that is a, a stat, right? That is something yeah. that we've kind of seen. And I, like, I do wonder if, like. Because part of the reason why he's not playing minutes, because somebody threw this back to me, he's like, boy, he's coming back from injury. That's not why he's not playing big minutes. It's because he keeps fouling, right? It's the foul issues that are keeping him off the floor. And Zach Lowe, who I know is a voter, has brought it up himself when he said, you've got to be able to defend. And the fouls are what keeps him off the floor. And he doesn't know how he can be a defensive player of the year. Again, it's only one man's guy, but it's only one man and who has a vote, though. And he doesn't know how he could win that award. Again, a lot more people vote for this. And I wonder, I just wonder how much that holds him back. If right. he's not going to be on the floor enough.
3: Look, I think if you, I think you need to stick to your argument with this of just the pure minutes thing. Yeah. I don't know if I like the Zach Lowe w- with him saying, uh, and, and, and you know, I, I didn't hear exactly what he said. So I, you know, they will take this with a grain of salt, but I, I like, I think that if we're talking about a defensive player of the year, and what's the best thing that Jared Jackson Jr. Does it's shot blocking there's gonna be fouls that come along the way when you're that aggressive of a, of a shot blocker. So, I I get that, and that I think that's something that I mean that's the fine line to being a great shot blocker, right? Is blocking a shot and not picking, staying out of foul trouble. So it is. I think it's a tough thing to uh you, you know to just completely separate the two because they do go hand in hand a little bit. Um,
2: Brook Lopez averages thirty minutes a game. He's a good shot blocker.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I, I'm just curious. I'm not even fighting against it. I kind of hope that he does. I'm just really curious about how it plays out. And part of me is well, and, and, part of me is bitter because of what happened last year. Because he was incredible last year sure. and he's putting up very similar numbers, but this year all of a sudden it's good enough to win defensive player. What, whatever, I'm not better. But about, I also think
3: from you know if we're gonna if we're gonna you know lean lean into anything from what we are seeing in these voting results, what what I I guess what I take away the most from that is. Okay, yes, I kind of do think that these th- that percentages would would split in a couple weeks, but there's also a good chance that your man, Jared Allen, continues to rise. Because G- yep. the other one that like I I am just a believer Brook Lopez isn't going to be able to keep up this this rate, especially with blocked shots. Um, but then also I look, I, I think there is gonna be some distraction with Giannis out there as well and how good a defense he plays. And um I, man, I hope that, I mean, because you you and I both were just enraged by this last year, but I hope that voters at least don't go into this, and I don't know. Let's say Brooke Lopez continues to do what he's doing and then suffers an injury a month out of the regular season, and then it turns into, oh, well, you know what? Giannis has had a great season. Let's give it to him. Same thing that kind of happened last year, right? Like yep. I hope that they learned something from that last year and said this is not how this should work.
2: Absolutely. Um, you would hope. But defense is the hardest thing, and it takes the most work. It really is. It takes the most work for these people to really to focus on and evaluate, and uh, it might just end up being kind of a lazy deal. But I, it, it's fascinating. Let me hit you, before we get to Friday, really quickly. I want to hit you with two more awards that, that I wanted to get your thoughts on. Oh, yeah, the I got one I want to talk about. All right, good. I think we're in agreement maybe on this one. So the first one, the constant thing that I've hit on with these awards, and, and I've said I even got into a Twitter conversation about this just like the day before I saw this article, which was – the six-man-of-the-year award market is completely mispriced. Russell Westbrook, I don't think I, – I even said it. Doug Kazarian retweeted it and liked it. I know he filed it away. I said I would shave my head if Russell Westbrook <laughs> won six-man-of-the-year this year. I, I don't I, – Kelly, I don't understand. He should not be favored. Not only – to be an odds-on favorite, right? Right. That's, that, that is mind-boggling to me. And again, again – I could say, here's the crazy part about this, and this is just like, you know, the awards do whatever. Julian Edla, who works for DraftKings, right, yeah. tweeted out, like, their, their, you know, the the handle and the percentage of money and all that stuff on the awards market. Russell Westbrook had, like, 6% of the tickets and, like, 2% of the money. Like, it's really? not even like that. Yeah, I'll, I'll get the exact figures. So but it's the, not
3: even, so it's right. really it's, not even it's coming not even from like
2: that. Yeah, it's not even an overload of liability on Westbrook. Again, I'll give the numbers right now so I can tell you it exactly. Great, that,
3: make, that makes this whole thing even more confusing.
2: Great. Right, but at the end of the day, and I, Gil said this when you guys were talking about it, I watched the clip, the, the, the two things that stuck out about this market were, one, no shot Russell Westbrook should be the odds-on favorite to win this award, and I yep. don't understand why people think he should be. The other is there is one bet to make now in this market if this is somewhat accurate, Jordan I don't agree Poole. with it. Right. But it's yes. Jordan Poole.
3: It's Jordan Poole. It's Jordan Poole. And and I, I look, I, I do think I'll be making a couple bets in the next in the next day or two. And it's gonna be it's gonna be SGA most improved, and it's gonna be Jordan Poole's six man because they same kind of thing here is what I talked about with SGA. I mean, look, hey, I don't mind seeing Christian Wood either. Yeah,
2: baby, just
3: do that. Yeah, 101 tickets. you know, do you know what's funny about that? He's still sitting at up. we made that a hundred to one. We found an off-market number. What was it a week ago when we and yeah. you made that bet? We found an off-market number on that a week ago at a hundred to one here in Vegas. At DraftKings last checked, I think it was yesterday I checked it. He was a hundred to one. So somehow he's getting worse, even though he's having good games, which is yep. confusing me even more. Um well, I, mean, I think what's I the market's
2: doing there is he's starting, right? But the thing right, is that's that, what I
3: was going to bring up with you. Is, yeah. is are we really going to get burned by the he played fifty two percent of his games starting and forty eight percent of his games off the bench? You know what I mean? Like this is that what an all time bad beat that would be?
2: So I don't think so. And like so listening to I think it was Windhorse who brought this up. Um, but all they have to do is he's just got to play more games off the bench then he started. There's not That's even a percent. That's, That's
3: all it is. That's all it is.
2: So if yes. he plays in 80, like, he's not going to. If he plays in 81 games, and he plays 41 off of the bench, he's eligible for sixth man of the year. So, like, we're still in relatively good territory here. And when Kleba comes back, he's their main defensive center. I think yes. they're still going to put him on the bench. Like, at 100 to one, it, it's still pretty much worth it because, again, you're talking about a guy who's the team's second-leading scorer. He's Luka yeah. Doncic's running mate at this point right now. Like, he's all they have.
3: I, I mean, I mean... JVT, it's one. It's one of those that. Yes, I agree with everything you said. We talked about this. We talked about this last week on on the numbers game or whatever the heck we made this yeah. bet. I don't even remember. But the fact remains that everything. I mean, look, you, you, everybody who listens to this podcast, you, t- you take you and pick and choose what you like and what you hate out of what JVT and I say. But the fact that we've been talking about this bet for a couple weeks now, and it's still a hundred to one. Yeah. Like. Just don't come yelling at us if this if he gets right in the race, you know, two months ago when we've been we've been touting this uh, touting this play for you know multiple weeks here. I think, I think it's a good bet. I just think it's a good bet.
2: Trying to find it. I guess it our wasn't boy, Edlo.
3: I know our boy Norman Palza uh, shortened in that market as yep. well. Um, all right. It, you, it was,
2: it you know. Might you not know what.
3: You know what? I think Jordan, now that I'm thinking about my own bets, Jordan Poole might be a great addition right now. I don't know how many sixth man of the year bets I should have, though, because that would be right. a, at least number three. I might be even be forgetting someone else.
2: Man, I God, I saw this somewhere. Now,
3: I I'm going like, to guess you, you keep looking. I'm going to guess the one other one you wanted to talk about quick was was coach of the year.
2: Uh, No, actually, I wanted to go – we we can hit on that. I actually wanted to circle back really quickly on one thing, and it was um, the MVP. Okay. So one of the things that that I've kind of – that people have asked me about, and I I, I hate to say this, Kelly. I think that there I say – and I don't know how you feel about this, so I don't want to, like, make any accusations because it's a very – I don't like the term. It's very accusatory. I think it is lazy, though that somebody, if somebody's going to throw out there that Giannis Antetokounmpo is an MVP candidate. I think if you actually look at his numbers this year, he is clearly worse in many categories. Statistically, in terms of analytics. Scoring's down. His efficiency is down. His impact on the floor is down. Like, I think if you're looking at all of these, to give you an example, like you said, scoring is down, right? How about this? In terms of points per shot attempt, he is set to uh, have a the lowest points-per-shot attempt mark since the 2015-2016 season. So that's efficiency. Uh, if you're talking about net differential, or in essentially how he impacts the net rating of his team when he's on the floor, uh, this would be his worst net differential, according to Cleaning the Glass, since 2016-2017. Like, if you look at it from his impact on rebounding, it would be the worst impact on rebounding since, actually, of his career. Right, like so. In terms of offensive rebounding rate, the first point, like the first parts of his career, he actually had a positive impact. He's gotten worse each year, and this year would be a career worst uh, at that. Right. Point. So,
3: if you, do you have you have all the stats up in front of you? Because I I, I'm it. gonna I, I'm gonna try to push back on this a little bit without looking at anything. Okay, I would guess. Ahead. I would guess. I would guess that his assist rate though, is 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 up or pretty steady from what it's been in years past. Actually, no. I would guess it has to be up. Because I think there's a lot of these games that I've watched where he looks like he is clearly more in a facilitator mode than he has been in in years past.
2: It's it's pretty much in line with each of the last four years. Last four okay. years assist rate 32.8%, 28.2, 2, 30.3, 29.9 this year.
3: Okay, okay. All right. All right. yeah, 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 that, that's fair then. That's fair. I, again,
2: I, not, I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm just saying, no, I, I think there are I mean, more he's the gra- deserving. He's the
3: greatest player in the NBA, so right. you, can't, you can't talk me off that. Nobody can talk me off that in this oh. entire planet. But and I, I wouldn't.
2: Th- uh, my whole it- thing is just like, I think we're looking at him and going, oh, of course, it's Giannis, and not really diving into his season so far this year compared to the guys around him, essentially. Yeah, is well, is and, saying,
3: and, right? and that's that's what I was going to say. That right. That's where I was. I was a little blown away by the Nikola Jokic percentage of votes that he got You know, in in this uh, in this media poll, but the... It's the, again, there's so many guys. I mean, if we were giving this award out right now, JVT, I don't know who the hell I would give it to. It would be nearly impossible with how many of these guys have had such great seasons. Uh, but the other, one that, the other one that I stand I stand firm on is Luka Doncic, I love you. You might be the second greatest basketball player in the NBA right now, right behind Giannis and You might be right there, but I can't give this award to you on a 500 team or worse. Yeah. And if that's where Dallas finishes, I don't. I don't really think that that he's really seriously in consideration. When you have the other options that you have, right? And I think that's. I think that's pretty much what you're saying about Giannis too. Is look, this guy's so incredible, but we're gonna judge him on what he does year after year. And if he's down this year, well, there's other guys that are having great, great seasons that deserve this award too. Yeah. So I. I don't know I'm with you, but I think if you are be- out there betting the NBA MVP market, I think it's a couple things to keep in mind.
2: I think Giannis is a great player. I'm just throwing it out there. He's my favorite basketball player playing right now. Like, I just don't, don't come at me with a, you're so, he's a hater. No, no, no. I'm just saying.
3: No, I the and, other guys. And, and it's great points, man. It's great points. And, if we, and look, if you, you and I both hold him in such high esteem, and I do, I think he's the greatest player in the NBA, then – look the only way and I'm the guy that says you should you could give him the MVP award year after year well not though when you you not in a year like this when you just laid out what you just laid out I yep. mean you're if, if you're the best player in the NBA then we're the only person you can really be compared to is yourself right so if you're like you just laid out you're comparing comparing his year after year stuff to himself and he's down in so many of those areas
0: in a big I'm way too
3: then I'm with you I don't yep. think you can give it to him
2: either. And to give people an idea, and the, the one that really sticks out like in terms of the worst is the efficiency, the points per shot attempt at 116.8. His previous four seasons, 129.9, 123.3, 127, 126.9, and again, 116.8 for this season. That would be in the 32nd percentile at his position. He has finished 77th or better each year since his rookie year. So like it's just, uh, just a down year. Just a down year is all. Uh, all right. Anything else on the awards before we move on to a quick look at Friday?
3: No, but I think look, I think there's a couple again, a couple that I've got circled that I'm, I will probably be making bets on here in the next couple days.
2: All right, Friday it's a uh, it's a big slate. Today was actually it's a pretty good one too, so I can't wait to sit down and watch some more of these as well. Um, I never
3: have any idea what they're doing scheduling year to year. Like, are we now in the NBA phase of we're just gonna try to even out the days as much as humanly possible yeah. besides so- like Wednesdays and Fridays? You know so what as,
2: I mean? As somebody who has to write almost every single day, I actually dread like post Super Bowl because I look forward to Tuesdays and Thursdays at <laughs> right. the beginning of the year because it's like two, exactly. three, maybe four games. But like you mentioned, now because they're trying to give, grab hold of the schedule, like today there was what, five or six games, yeah. Tuesdays, same thing. Like I never yeah. used to
3: see that on Thursdays in the NBA. It'd be like three games, two TNT Dude. games and one extra.
2: This last Thursday or this last Tuesday, just a couple of days ago, I think there was like nine games. It was crazy. It was. It was. Yeah, it yeah. was a
3: ton. It was a ton, Correct. yeah. But I love writing about them. It's a good job. No, I hey, I'm with you. We're never going to complain about that, but, I, but you're not going to complain about having a slightly, le, le, you know, lighter workload on one day.
2: So – uh, good schedule on Friday. Uh, I can't, I laugh because so I have my ESPN account set for all my favorite teams. So of course, nuggets Clippers is at the top. The nuggets have owned the Los Angeles Clippers and it's not just the beat down that they had uh, two weeks ago in Denver. This has been a, a, a matchup that has really gone the Denver nuggets way, stretching all the way back to the dead, uh, the bubble against them when they overcame that three, one deficit. So you get that game. Um, I think, I mean, Hawks Pacers is down now a little bit considering the injuries uh, for both teams. Uh, we'll see if maybe Clint Capella. I don't know if he's been officially ruled out yet. I'll double check that. I, th-
3: I think he was. And I'm seeing still him. out, just, right? Yeah. Just pulled up the injury report for Nuggets Clippers. So Jokic actually with a questionable tag on him for Ooh. tomorrow. Uh, Paul George out. Yep. Uh, Luke Kennard out. So and I'm seeing a three at faraway places on the Nuggets. I'm, I'm with you right now. I'm going to circle that one. Uh, I haven't really I haven't really done. That. Obviously, there's not a ton of lines posted yet for games. Uh, but, and I haven't really dove into this too much yet, but I'm going to circle that one. Cause you're right. I might be looking at nuggets on the road in that game.
2: Yeah. It, by the way, it will, I should also point out, I think this is factual because I've seen this before. On the overnight injury report, just because Paul George is listed as out does not mean he's out. They can actually upgrade him, I think, at some point early. <laughs> that on. is a
3: good point. Yes, yeah. right. so, you should so, always be careful with that. Especially so just always be team, careful. Yeah.
2: Um <laughs> but the rest of the I mean, I gotta I gotta admit, Friday kind of stinks. It's not really the greatest card from an entertainment standpoint. I will be interested. Again, Thunder on the second leg of a back to back but they get the Bulls how the Bulls respond after blowing that game against Washington Suns on the road against Minnesota who's actually been playing some pretty decent basketball and has been winning a couple of games Magic on the road against the Jazz is pretty pretty interesting if you're like you know hardcore NBA fan and then a rematch against the Rockets and the Kings which I could I could uh, you know give or take
3: yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be interested to see what the total is on that one because I did bet yeah. the over in it last night. I I would not have a problem going right back to that bet. Um, I mean, talk about two teams that really don't have any interest in playing any defense. Um, I'm gonna, oh, let's see. I think there is a, I'm just as I'm looking at things real quick. I think that this, uh, man, you had Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City played tonight, right? Or yep. Am I going crazy?
2: No, they're playing Philly right now. Yeah. They are up 103
3: to 87. I'm seeing a five on Chicago in that game tomorrow. That is, that's kind of interesting. Well, to especially if
2: DeRozan's I, not playing, right? I know DeRozan's,
3: DeRozan's going to be out, but I'm, you know, Oklahoma City on the back end of a back to back going into Chicago Friday night. All I got to lay is five points. I might get burnt by the Bulls again. That That's bet, what I bet Taj
2: Gibson up. over points and <laughs> points rebound. I mean, in all seriousness, if Christoph Dapsorzignus is not going to, or no, excuse me, what am I talking about? That's yeah, you're talking about two I different total teams, bright, there, right? Total brain. You just time
3: machine Taj Gibson. Yeah, right?
2: I, well that that and I'm thinking still of that Bulls Wizards game. I don't know what I'm doing. I
3: don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> it was a long night for you, man.
2: Yeah, uh, but I would I've look there.
3: I, I think Vooch look Vooch looking over points rebounds. Um, I think that could be a good play there, like like we talked about Bunch, earlier. Yes earlier in this podcast, the the deficiency of uh post you know of low post guys that the Oklahoma City has uh defensively. I think Vooch could have a big game. Um okay, I've got one I'm gonna bring up with you because I think this could be an interesting conversation. I got burnt bad man last night, live betting the Warriors against the Suns JV team. What was that two nights, right? Two nights ago. Um I got burned trying to live bet them against that JV squad that the Suns were rolling out. Laying eight on the road against the Spurs, I mean, if you're talking spots, this has got to be this is got to be one of the greatest bo- spots ever for Golden State. Where you would expect this team to come out with a much different uh, look to themselves, but uh, we know how they've been on the road this year. Jvt, so I don't know what to make of this, but I might actually pull the trigger and, and play something small lay the points of them.
2: Three and sixteen straight up, four and fifteen against the spread on the road. This season. that's right, baby. So bad, man. That's
1: right. That's the team I'm talking about.
2: <laughs> I mean, the he, I mean, the the Spurs. Uh, to, I mean, I would say to support your theory though a little bit, um, the Spurs are beat up a little bit when it comes to, uh, and they're starting I think tank a little bit more again after they had a little spurt of <laughs> competitiveness, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But what? Vassell had to undergo a knee surgery or knee yep. procedure, so he's out. Um, that might be something worth looking at. We'll see. Hmm.
3: I mean, I always go with those big numbers. If I I bet that it's going to be a small bet, that's for sure. Yeah. But I I do think that is one of the, if we're talking spots in the NBA, I think it's a good spot for Golden State.
2: If Curry's going with the, the team color, all sleeve on the, you know, on the other side, I might be in.
3: Looked they're, pretty they're, that
2: was a cool look. That was a cool look. Yeah, it was
3: cool. That was cool.
2: Going going up and over the shoulder. Um and they do yeah, play these.
3: on Saturday, so it's like you don't you don't have to worry about them probably holding out these anybody. Um
2: kind of want a better Orlando. But I'm tired. I can't I've been going against the Jets. you know what I can't do? Even though they're really not that great at home. Like the other night, like Cleveland. You know, like they're up by I think, was it seven? And then it's like a nine nothing run, all from Jordan Clarkson. They blow the game. Like it's it, the jazz, whatever it is. And you know, it's so annoying. I brought this. I think I brought, I don't know if I brought this up to you or whatever spot I was doing. Um, they get those stupid. They're not like a good offensive rebounding team in that they're like <laughs> getting to the paint. Right. And grabbing putbacks and putting them in. They get those stupid clanks off the back iron. Almost every time those long rebounds. Yeah. I swear to God, uh, uh, this is factual. 79% of the long rebounds go back to Utah. It's incredible. Watching them grab those over and over again, and generating open three-point looks off of them—that's it's—it's their
3: whole offense. I'm with you, and this is look. I know he was good in college. I know you you follow college a lot more than I do, but like I am interested to see what Walker Kessler turns into in the NBA.
2: Oh, he looks it, awesome
3: because he has looked awesome on the defensive side of the ball and rebounding, and it's just if this guy develops any kind of offensive game, um, man, I like. I still think they're going to ship off some pieces. I bet they're under win total, you know, in season a couple Mm -hmm. times, you know, like what it was a month or two ago. Uh, I still love those bets. Obviously, what are they like 10 and 21 over their last 31 games or something like that? Um, Look, I I still really like that long term. Uh, But yeah, man, there's some there's some pieces for I don't for them moving forward. I mean. You, if you're if you're Danny H., you you got to be ex- excited as hell with what you're seeing. I mean, obviously out of Lowry marketing, but I mean Walker Kessler, you got some young pieces there that I think you can grow around for uh, for years to come. I'm with you on the Magic just check, just checking their injury report. Wow, it looks like they're about to be as healthy as they've been maybe all season in this game yep. tomorrow night. Uh, Jalen Suggs with a questionable tag, but that's about it. And Did I see some report today that Jonathan Isaac is about to oh, see, get back on the basketball court?
2: He's playing G League games. He he played a G League game, I think, that yesterday. Is great to see. Dude, he played he played seven. I think I have, think I have this right. I think he played three minutes, had seven points and three rebounds, or something like that. Like they like they put him out there quick. And it was just <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. He's back. Can I just also note really quickly, last note, because we're going long and I'll just yeah, did yeah. you see the story about Walker Kessler with Donovan no. Mitchell the other day? So no. Mitchell goes nuts in that game. I can't remember what whatever he scored. He had another ridiculous scoring yeah, night yeah. the other night again. So apparently Kessler has a habit of calling out what he's going to do defensively. So like, for example, he'll be telling his teammates, I'm dropping, I'm dropping, I'm dropping. And so Mitchell really? was like, yeah. And so Mitchell was like, all right, cool. And so you're <laughs> going to drop. yeah, So apparently he told Kessler that he actually talked to Kessler after the game and told him, he's like, look, man, he's like, I think you're awesome. He's like, but you got to stop calling out what you're doing. <laughs> Like, I
3: was destroying
2: you because of it.
3: Like uh, I did not see that story. That is
2: fantastic. <laughs> that was a good one. I thought it was hilarious. Oh, uh,
3: all
2: right, man. All right. I appreciate it, as always. Uh, we will good be stuff. back. In, I, I won't promise anything, but maybe more frequent appearances from Kelly Bidlin. I yeah. Think
3: we're
2: rapidly approaching a time in which that uh, might be happening.
3: So. I think so, too. I think so, too. I think it might be. Can- no. Really. All right. With that. <laughs>
2: We're all done. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Also, a reminder, to the nine ninety nine special up on vcin.com. Check that out. We have a lot of good specials for you, but that is the best one. $9.99. Yeah. You get a look at what we all do up at vcin.com. And that includes everything live stream and more, so check it out today. Again, nine ninety nine. Check it out, vcin.com slash subscribe. Like, rate, review, and subscribe to Harvard Handicappers.
0: And we'll talk to you at the beginning of next week.